Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. Welcome back to the Beyond Your Best Plan podcast. Welcome. We love you. Thank you so much for being here. This is Catherine, and I am so excited today. It's an extra, extra special day because you have the Fab Five Sisters all together. Woo! We are all back in one room. Doesn't that feel amazing, ladies? Sarah, Sarah was out for a little bit recovering. And I was out last week. And so now we are all complete and it feels so amazing, ladies, to we do this from a Zoom platform. And so we get to see each other when we are recording and it just feels amazing to be back together. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. We've got a really exciting show today. We are talking about the nudge of vision or in other words, having a dream. And can you think of a time in your life when you've had a dream and now it's come true or you've had that nudge of vision and you stepped into it and made it your reality? It's an incredible process. We all five of us have are currently executing on our own personal missions and goals and visions. I think All of our superpowers here as sisters is that we all are visionaires. And it really begins with that. You know, John F. Kennedy, he dreamed of putting a man on the moon, right? And Eleanor Roosevelt envisioned a world of equal opportunity for women and minorities. I mean, these are big things that have happened that, thank God, we have the ability to dream. I actually believe that part of our human purpose here on earth is to be visionaries and to dream and to elevate the world. It is how the world gets elevated and it all begins with with this nudge of vision. So that's what we're talking about today. I see Kathleen over there smiling and shaking your head. What's present for you when you hear about the nudge of vision? Oh, as you were talking about Eleanor and JFK, it just, uh, <laughs> whoever, I can't remember who you said already, because my mind was so focused on Martin Luther King, I have a dream, you know, like yes. that's where the first thing that popped up in my head is like, I have a dream. Yes. And while not all of his dreams came true when he was here, some of his dreams are still coming true because he was such a leader and such a, a visionary that he was able to step forth. And even though he was scared, maybe I don't know that he was scared, but even though he faced a lot of adversity and a lot of challenge, he still kept forward, moving forward with the belief, with the dream, with the, the vision of the fact that things can be different. 
And that may not be a great example because there's still a lot of unrest around his dream. And yet I still think that he's brought, brought us forward, you know, like he's, he just brought us forward. And the visions I've had, the dreams I've had for years is to assist others and and their journey to really step forward. And my vision has always been, or since Logan's transition is that I just, I help other people through different means of speaking, of healing. So healing is different for everyone and and their healing powers can come in different forms. And for me, I believe it's speaking the truth and being vulnerable and the authenticity of the fact that we all have challenges. And yet I don't let my challenges that I've experienced in this life stop me from moving forward with my vision. It's actually ignited me in assisting others through their, their journey. So the visions matter. And, you know, we, we were talking a little before we came on and what I shared earlier was that, that visions are beautiful. They're awesome. They're great. And what's helped me, what's worked for me is that I am not attached to how I reach those visions because I believe the visions come to us from source And if those visions are there, then they're achievable. That in better, we don't know what's available to us. And when we let go of how, you know, the the driving, the striving, the making it happen, when we let go of creating the five things to do on our list and not stopping until we're done. And, you know, that masculine drive of it has to get done. It has to be achieved. I have to do this. And we actually step into our heart's calling and follow the nudges that we're being nudged along and really uh, take that inspired action along your way. When I suggest that you let go of the striving and driving, it doesn't mean you sit on your couch and eat bonbons. (laughs) What it means is that you really drop within and listen to your heart's calling. And and if you're, you're getting an idea along the way, maybe you're going about it a little differently than what you had anticipated. And yet you're still going about it. You're still moving forward. And you could, you could be actually achieving your goals and more because you're listening to your guidance. And that's how I feel. You know, I feel like I really have started to listen more closely to my guidance and taking inspired action. Like I've heard that guidance for most of my life. I've taken action throughout all of my life. However, it's from the striving and driving versus allowing and being and the inspired action. So yeah. Big difference between inspired action versus just driving. Right. And because the driving can, and you, it's a difference in feeling, you know, driving is, feels more like upstream, right? Like you're paddling upstream and like the current is kind of pulling you backwards. Right. And it's a challenge and it feels challenging and well, for me, it's about putting a lot of effort into it versus yes. going with the flow. Because mm-hmm. if you're in the flow, you could be working or, you know, loving what you do 12 hours or 15 hours a day, and you're just in the flow. So some days could be literally 15, 18 hour days. Other days can be hanging out by the pool because that's what you're, you're being drawn to do. That's not laziness. That's listening to your body and allowing yourself to go with the flow. I love the vision of my life being by the pool. That's that. (laughs) I'll take that. That will always feel like inspired action for me. (laughs) I love that you brought up following the nudges, right? Because 
you know, oftentimes I know me, I'll get caught up on how, what the, how, how am I going to do this? That, that was a big story I ran for when my uh, 10, my vision for fit district that I had about 10 years ago and took me, you know, about six years or so to really go after it and get it off the ground. But I got caught up in how am I going to do this, you know, and all sort of the limiting beliefs that I had going on at the time, but I had this strong vision. I mean, I could, from the moment, you know, God placed that dream on my heart, I could visualize it like it had already happened. I could see it. I could feel it. It lit me up. It felt right. And along the way, once I got to the point where I decided to get it off the ground, I've used visualization exercises to dig more into the hows and what feels right and the what the team dynamic looks like, what each studio looks like, what is the cafe, what are people saying about it, right? What are the decorations on the wall? What are the damn doorknobs look like? You know, so that can to just follow on to your follow the nudges that, you know, vision and dreams, having dreams in our life is a vision, right? What we're talking about, but also you can do visualization or envision the hows and how it's going to work to dive even deeper into it. I I agree with that. You know, I have these nudges, both personal and business. You guys have sort of been talking a little bit of business, but I'll share a personal one. I think I have shared this in some respect in the past. So I don't know, 11 years ago or so in church, I'm very active with the women's ministry at the church I was attending at the time. And As we were in the summer months, there is usually a short Bible study session that's four weeks. And that summer we studied Beth Moore's Loving Well. And I wasn't thinking anything in particular would come of the Bible study other than learning more about God and building that relationship. And so we went through the four weeks and at the end of the four weeks, I had this, I would call it a nudge, something dropped, Holy Spirit dropped an idea, a nugget in my head. And it was the two words, Michael Wiley. And I had not given Michael Wiley a moment of thought in years. I don't know how long it had been, but I had not thought about that man for years. And so when I got this like download, I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? I hadn't talked to him. I didn't know him at the time. I was not on Facebook. So I created a Facebook page for my dog. So my dog Einstein has a Facebook page to this day. He still has a Facebook page. I have since graduated and started my own, but Einstein has a Facebook page. And friends, (laughs) (laughs) my friend requests him, is he going to accept? Yes. Yes, he will. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even remember the password. So probably not. But not because he doesn't want to be your friend or Soto's friend for that matter. But So I started this Facebook page because I wanted to look, but I didn't want, 
I didn't know how Facebook worked. So I didn't want people to know that I was looking at them. Right. And so, but there were like a thousand Michael Wiley's on Facebook and it's like, there's no way I was going to figure it out. So then I went to LinkedIn and there were five Michael Wiley's on LinkedIn at the time. So, and None of them. I think one might have had a picture. The other four did not have a picture. And so I like read through the bios. Now, I do know that when you go on LinkedIn, it tells people that you have looked at the profile. And so I was, you know, a little leery of that. But I just I was like, well, this name popped into my head for a reason. So let me see what I'm supposed to do with it. Anyway, I sent off an email or an in-message mail or whatever they call it on LinkedIn. And I didn't hear anything back. And so I thought, oh, well, you know, whatever. I, I, I felt like I did what I was supposed to do, but it didn't work. So that was the end of that. And then two weeks later, I'm sitting in my office and the receptionist calls and says, there's a Michael Wiley on the line for you. <laughs> and I was like, Like inside, like jumping for joy. I don't even know why. I don't even know why, except that it it was supposed to be that way. And so we got on the phone. I heard his voice. So the story is that Michael and I had, at the time this happened 11 years ago, we had dated, met 30 years prior to that and had, you know, had a relationship back in the early 80s and separated, went our own ways, created families with other people, blah, blah, blah. And here I was, it's 2010, the summer of 2010, and I'm on the phone with this guy and no clue what any of this meant. But for, I was responding to a nudge, right? Now I had had a vision I had a long-standing vision for to be in a relationship, to ultimately get remarried at some point, but no, no idea that this was the path that I was going to end up on. So I'm saying all that to say, when you get a nudge, when you get a download, pay attention to it. You never know where it's going to end up. And like Kathleen said, you can be committed to the outcome and very open to the way that's going to unfold. And I I think prior to that, I probably would have, if you would ask me, I would have probably said, yeah, don't, don't go back. Right. Don't, (laughs) don't look back. Don't, don't revisit those things from the past. They're in the past for a reason. But sometimes, right, when you are open to the possibilities, something else will come. And neither of us were the same people that we were 30 years ago. So not telling you to go looking through Facebook or LinkedIn for old boyfriends (laughs) for a date or anything, although you never know, it may turn out really well. And so at this point, we've been married now nine years. And it was, I would say, one of the best things that I have done in terms of like really listening, getting in my heart. And I think part of it was because that summer we'd done this study about love and opening up and really putting me in a space where I was open in a way that I hadn't been open 
and vulnerable and willing to, you know, try something a different ways, try something other than analytical, to being analytical and logical and thinking and overanalyzing things to death, right? If, if his name had popped into my head and that summer hadn't spent time studying love, I probably would have talked myself out of it about, you know, that's in the past and he was a jerk and blah, 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 and, you know, and could have missed out on something like super, super wonderful. So listen. Did you say you were married to him yet? I am married to him. Yes. Nine uh, years. I said, yeah, we've been married. Yeah. I said, we've been married nine years. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a story of hope for me because I have that nudge of vision. I call it more of a, more than a nudge at this point of love and an amazing, amazing union with an amazing man. So thank you for sharing that story of hope for me. I think I'll leave all my ex-boyfriends in the past were there, but but there is a <laughs> there is a vision for me for that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it could be, you know, while you're at the coffee shop, right? So I was one of those people as if I was at the coffee shop or you know, somewhere. If I did not see a guy and go like, ooh, I've got an interest in him, if one would have approached me, I probably would have rebuffed him just because it's like, why are you in my space? And I and I just think being open, you don't have to, everyone you meet, you don't have to start fantasizing about wedding dresses and, you know, honeymoons, but you can be just open to whatever this is. And it could be something else. And since all of us are in business, the other thing is maybe it's not romantic. Maybe it's for something else. Maybe it's for someone else. Right. But we have to just be open and not so focused on this is where I am and what I'm doing. And I don't have time for anything else. You never know what may unfold and where things will lead. And it may be you meet someone today and now it's not good timing, but you can have a connection and a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now. So I just think it's about being open and seeing the possibilities, letting, you know, the idea of, and here's my thing recently, it's like possibilities, opportunities, and everything is pure potentiality and just being available to whatever. Absolutely. Like you said, Pay attention to the nudge and, and also know that you are worthy of the dreams and of the visions that are placed in your soul. Oh, absolutely. I love that. I, I, I feel you girl, like you got something for us. Oh my God. I'm so happy you said you are worthy because the nudges come from your higher spirit. So they're already coming from you and then are lower mind, I call Chi Chi the Chihuahua that humps your leg and pees in the corner, starts to think about that nudge and attack it or whatever based on what we believe, right? But the whole reason the nudge is there, the whole reason we have a dream is your spirit is desiring to manifest in the world in that manner. It is coming from you to begin with. It's coming from the divine within you. And so the fact that we think we're not worthy of something that comes from within us 
is silly, but we all feel that way until we don't, right? We all do. And, you know, my thing is keep it simple, please. All you have to do for the love of God and all things holy, keep it freaking simple. All you have to do is see the end result. That's all you have to do. You just go to the end result and paint it like a movie in your mind. Use your beautiful imagination and then step into that feeling of it as if it already happened. And then think from there. Just think from there and do it over and over. There's a cost we have to pay. And the cost is persisting in it until it takes on the form of reality, until you feel it to be true. So if you're envisioning, but you kind of feel chi-chi going da-da-da-da-da, it's not, it hasn't solidified yet. So continue to do it. The cost you pay is to do it over and over, seeing the end result until it takes on the form of reality. When it does that, it's like a knowing that drops in you. You know how you said everybody on here has mentioned a knowing so far. Sarah's probably going to do it too. Like it drops in you and then that knowing can move into third dimension. And do not worry about the how. Do not worry about the how. Just follow the little nudges on the how. And and usually the most important ones are just very slight. They're very subtle. And if you follow them, your whole world could change. Just like Whitney followed that nudge to reach out to him and married him. I mean, my gosh, what would happen if she wouldn't have? She, so she wouldn't be with him, right? And so follow those little nudges. And what we're doing is our soul is evolving. It's expanding. It's growing. And we're getting better at picking up psychically on that communication. That is ours. It's our birthright. But we're getting better. We're training ourselves to step out of the chatter of the lower mind into the knowing. So, but just keep it simple. And I love what Whitney said about pure potentiality because within the realm of creation that resides in you is the very power that created the universe. It's the very power that holds it together. It's the very power that created your body. It, it, there's only one. We have a lot of beliefs around it and we don't even have to really put a name to it because there's only one. It doesn't matter what you call it. There's really only one. And so, and it resides in everyone. It's our birthright. And so, yeah, keep it simple and just visualize the end and understand that infinite intelligence does the rest. I love that you brought up imagination. Sorry, Sarah, go ahead. But that just stuck with me. So that was gorgeous. Thank you. Sorry, go ahead, Sarah. Oh, no, I was feeling the same thing. I I love that you've had a little formula around it. And, you know, I remember coming into a time where I understood there was a formula. But I also remember a time when maybe my uh, first experiences were really with my mom and grandmother. And when it was a time of the phone ringing in the kitchen, because that was, you were lucky if you had a phone in your office. So the phone was in the kitchen. Somehow my mom and my grandmother were so in sync that they would literally walk to the phone and it would ring and they would get up and walk across the house, go to the phone and it would ring and it would be one or the other. And so from a very young age, it was impressed in me that there was a connection you know, there was a vision of knowing, right? And that they weren't super deep into it, but they definitely believed in the knowing portion of it and, and the vision of it as well. And then from there, I remember being a young lady in church and there was a woman who I did and do believe with 
all of my heart that she's a visionary. And she would, she claimed that and she practiced that. And she spoke of future and she spoke of things that we should be warned of or careful of even. And so I was again impressed that there was somebody that could see past the moment or see the future or foresee something for the foreseeing portion of it. And then that kind of plateaued. And as I got away from church in general into friends that had visions. And then that led me into shamans and and other people that really believe deeply in understanding that they could have a vision and something could happen from that. So it's it's an amazing journey. And then a couple of weeks ago, I met somebody who had lost their vision, lost it. They couldn't see anymore. They couldn't see where to go. And, And maybe some of you listening today have gotten a little lost, but I have too. There was a time where it's not that I didn't believe in it or that I didn't, I didn't do my dream boards because I did. But what I had, to your point, Claudette, with the formula that you laid out, what I had lost was my ability to have an imagination, which Catherine is such a good segue. And because that part of it, I could see to a point, but I couldn't see any further. And it was almost like I could see five years out, but I couldn't see 50 years out. And part of that, what I discovered was the imagination was gone. And so I joined this amazing group and, and part of what she did was spark your imagination. And she led these amazing meditations that had a lot of imagination and vision to them. And that began to raise my confidence in growing my imagination and knowing that. And then there came the test of putting it to paper, putting my dream to writing, and then using the formula, seeing the end result, feeling it, and then knowing, knowing that deep, deep knowing that it was going to occur. And I did it with little things at first. Here's a good example. I went to the beach and I knew that I was going to find blue sea glass. And that was my test. Was I going to find that blue sea glass? And blue sea glass is not very popular, by the way, guys. (laughs) And I happened to be on an island that my girlfriend goes to on a regular basis. It's uninhabited. And here I go up and down, up and down. And I've got this big pocket full of sea glass. And I found my blue piece of sea glass. Vision came true. And I go back and she looks at me and she goes, my God, where did you get all of that? And I was like, oh, just, you know, around. She's like, I've been coming here for years. I've not even found that much in all of the years I've come here. So vision sometimes is about what you're looking for. Maybe she wasn't looking for that. I was out there looking for my blue piece of glass and found a big pocket full and one blue piece of glass. But so just a different perspective of, of how you might be experiencing your vision experience and know it's okay wherever you're at today, but there is a formula and through practice, you can get better and you can see longer and further and make bigger things happen for your life. Sarah, I love that you brought up the fact that you couldn't, you know, you lost your vision at some point. And, you know, what I would love to add to that is that you can always get it back, as you said. But what I'd love to just add to that is that, and sometimes the vision is there and you ignore that vision. You know, I ignored the nudges of not getting married the second time. You know, I had, 
I had nudges. I had the whisper. I had the nudges. I had the knock against the head and I still ignored it all. You know, like it was downpouring, like it was a a storm that's never been in Vermont until we had a huge storm recently there. But just every single thing, even on the wedding day was saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. My heart was saying, don't do it. My head was saying you committed. So you have to. And I did it. Even though my dad said, we don't have to walk down that aisle. We can walk down a separate, a different way. We don't have, you do not have to walk down that aisle. I was crying. You know, like I had all the warning signs to not move, go through it. And I, I wanted to share that story because it's similar to what Sarah was saying in a different way is that there are nudges that we receive and we still do it. We still move forward and we ignore those nudges. And I want to encourage you or invite you to not beat yourself up about that. Just honor yourself to say, hey, I had the nudges then. So maybe if I listen to the nudges now, my life will go in a different direction versus beating yourself up for not listening to those nudges. And I don't see it as work or effort or when we're envisioning, when we're seeing, we're feeling it. I actually see it as benefits and rewards of feeling the miracles that are happening every single minute of every single day. When we acknowledge and see that, that gives us courage to to continue to step into those visions, those nudges, those whispers. And so I don't see it as work. I don't see as, you know, the visions and the feeling and the, because think about it, when you're sitting in the resistance of those nudges, because we've all done it. When we sit in the resistance of those nudges, how does your body feel? How does your mind feel? You get not more, good. Yeah, not good. It's like a battle. It's like yeah, a you battle. get migraines. You get backaches. You get shoulder. Like your body says, you're something. Go in a different direction. And when you're in the middle of a vision of that feels good, that you can see, you can feel, you can taste, you can smell the vision your body feels excited and ignited and aligned. And you're just like, so for me, it's more work to ignore those nudges than it is to actually be in your life and your love. And so that's. I'm asking Kathleen, did we, did we have the same marriage story? I mean, seriously, my first marriage, I had the same thing. I was crying the night before everything was saying no I wasn't strong enough to go, you know what? I just don't think this is going to work. I did mention to my future mother-in-law on the way to the church, I said, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling like I shouldn't get married today. And she was like, oh, honey, that's just cold feet. You'll be okay. And I went through with it and it wasn't, it wasn't right for me. It just wasn't right. (laughs) And it was a very hard two years, you know, it was a very hard two years. And so But I'm going to encourage everyone, you know, everybody knows I do truth, right? I help people connect to their truth. Well, it took me years to follow the nudges and literally some really bad stuff had to happen for me to finally go, I give up, I'm following the nut. I mean, you know, there was just a resistance in me, right? And I think and believe everyone has that. We resist it. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to be told what to do. It's like we're having the conversation with our higher spirit, like going, no, I don't have to do, you know, have you ever listened to yourself talk? I would get the guidance and then start arguing with it. You know, I'm at the point now, it's too much work to go against it. 
it's just way too much work. It's draining. And it's not fun when you go through the repercussions of not following the guidance. So freaking follow it. I totally agree. I want to just say the five of us are pretty good at creating space for this, right? And allowing time in our schedules to intentionally do this, which allows us to build the muscle so that we can hear the nudges, the downloads, whatever you want to call them, at other times when we're not sitting and intentionally allowing this to come in, right? So there's the two ways. One is the practice of listening. um, And then there is the living listening. And the way that you get to live listening is to practice listening. So, and whether you call it, you know, meditation or yoga or whatever, it is very much about creating a space and allowing silence to happen in your life, whether it's for a minute, 10 minutes, an hour, 10 hours, whatever. You've got to be okay with some silence so that you can actually hear that you are okay with not doing so that you can feel, right? It's very difficult to hear and feel when you are constantly in a state of action and churn. It's easier to dismiss when you're in the midst of doing things. And I think that conversation earlier about striving and and ambition and all of that, it sort of clouds that. So you've, I just want to leave, I want to leave with this. You've got to create space and time in order to get in the practice of being in tune and in touch with your, your mind, body, and spirit. That's your head and your heart. And then move from there. That's amazing, Whitney. And It doesn't have to be some big business success story. I mean, maybe your dream is to just release anxiety. You know, maybe it's, it's a, it's a nudge of vision of take this weekend to relax and rejuvenate and come home. You know, maybe it's rocking that bikini on the beach and feeling so confident, or maybe it is a business a relationship or something that will add a lot of value to yourself in the world. So this can be just everyday nudges of vision, right? Or things that take some extra planning um, uh, and process and, and implementation. And so we're almost up on time, but we wanted to take just a couple more minutes for a little extra special gift because we often hear that, well, I don't know how to visualize, right? And another limiting belief that can come up on the topic of imagination or visualization is I'm too old to have an imagination. Imagination is so powerful regardless of your age. So if that little voice comes in for you, like it used to for me, tell it to to be gone. Thank you, but be gone. So anyway, we're going to drop in for a minute and do a a quick visualization just so, you know, you can explore a little bit, play with this a little bit more. Or maybe if you are a a visualizing expert, this is just a great opportunity to 
drop into one of your favorite things. So, and again, maybe this is a dream that you have, something you want to create in your life, big or small. So let's just drop in here for a minute and everybody close your eyes. I always like to start with grounding down with a couple of breaths. So let's take a deep breath in through the nose and release it out. One more time, breathe in, hold it for a second at the top and release that. And so I invite you to call up in your mind's eye, something that you want to create within your life, within like the next six, six to nine months, call it up like it's a movie, like it is happening. Not that you're for this, that it is done. Step into how that feels to have this dream done. What does that look like? Who is involved in that dream? What are people saying that it affects and impacts? What are you saying to yourself? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? What do you hear? Feel it like it is done. That's right. Beautiful. All right. I invite you to slowly come back and open your eyes. Maybe rub your thumbs over your fingertips. Just come back to being. How did that feel, ladies? Beautiful. Thank you. It does feel good to just take a moment, right? Yeah. Well, thank you all for being a part of the visualization. Hopefully you weren't driving. I forgot to mention if you're driving, don't close your eyes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> hopefully you know that. A little late now. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oopsie. But anyway, but <laughs> we love you. We thank you so much for joining us today. Please, if you haven't already, follow us at the Beyond Your Best Plan Facebook page or Instagram page. And if you haven't given us a rate and review, we would love for you to do that. It means so much to us and have an amazing, beautiful day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good week. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.